in a world where the sequel is better than the other movies in the franchise combined. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. That's up for debate. What do you think, Tim? Are we discussing uh, Suicide Squad, right? Or is it The Suicide Squad? Yeah, we're talking about Suicide Squad. No, no, no. We're not talking about Suicide Squad. In, we're talking about The Suicide Squad. I never knew that in a uh, in movies, the word the would have such an impact on the movie we're reviewing. Uh, yeah. Because Suicide a... Squad and The Suicide Squad are completely different movies. Yes, so they are. I, I would say that in our in our discussion today, we won't be comparing the two, but we'll be talking about differences between the two, maybe. <laughs> Um, because they aren't sequels, but they're not a reboot. It's a really weird mix. It's just what it is. Yeah. It exists. All right, so listeners, welcome. As we just, you know, kind of got that rundown, we're talking about <laughs> The Suicide Squad. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I don't know... I enjoyed it. I don't know if I loved it. See, I loved every minute of it except for like one minute of it. That was like the scene with the spoilers at the end. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is definitely a spoiler review. They're very much like, a spoiler heavy review. If this review were a car, we, there's like three spoilers on the back of it. Did it like oh. spoilers like on the my, my car oh, yeah. has a spoiler, so My I, car doesn't. I don't know. I, yeah, I I like those kind of yeah. Anyway I need a, I need a spoiler. We're gonna talk on... about this movie. We're gonna include spoils. So if you don't like spoils um, Get out Please continue watching, just mute it. But if you like spoils, listen on with us. Listen on with us, adventurous listener. Listen on. All right, so, Tim, who is your favorite character? I think there's a few different ways of comparing characters. <laughs> um, I would say that you can rank characters in the disposable characters in one <laughs> category, and then the actual characters of the movie in another category. Right, so let's expand on that for a second. If you haven't watched the movie, and I hope you have, in the first five minutes, they dispose of about 75% of the characters, would you say? Like yeah. a good chunk. And this is one problem. One of two problems I had with the movie was they relied so heavily on those like characters that they disposed of in the first five minutes. So In their marketing, at least. Yes. Well, also, it just seemed like like that entire group was meant as a diversion, but it seemed like Amanda Waller didn't realize how many of them were going to die, <laughs> and and I mean she didn't care, which it, that's that's good for a character. Like that's who she is. She doesn't care about her team or anything. But like Weasel fell out of the, the plane, and they're like. Does, does no one know that Weasel can't swim? And she's like, oh, 
Why didn't you think of that? <laughs> and it's like, no, <laughs> Amanda should have thought of these things. But I think I think it's kind of good for a Suicide Squad movie to kill off characters like that. Yes. Not all at one time. Uh, and it's good to have like those type of weird characters who don't who aren't good. But again, like kill them off as the movie goes. Because after that one scene, no one dies again until kind of Rick Flag. Yeah. You're right. Or at least no one important dies. No one on Th- the task force X team. Thinker. But he's not really, he's kind of on the team. He's on the edge. Yeah. There are a handful of characters that I wish had survived that. On sla- uh, that slaughter at the beginning. Mainly Savant and Weasel. Oh, wait a minute. Weasel did survive. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had gotten to see more. So, of, I do wish we had gotten to see more of all of those characters. It's actually kind of interesting how they set up Savant at the beginning. Because uh, they set him up like at the very beginning as someone who's going to survive like, like Deadshot from the first one. Mm-hmm. That, like the whole beginning is centered around him. And then he just kind of chickens out. But we didn't actually see really any of his powers or any of who he actually is or anything. Yeah. Um, Which so I, I guess felt is like okay. that was kind of disappointing. <clears throat> but I would, to bring it back to your original question, uh, I would say my first or my favorite disposable character, it's, it's got to be TDK. Like, I mean, I went in <laughs> I knew to this you were movie say that. like already liking uh, TDK because I went, man, when I saw his first comic, his only comic, like I just he's just a he's just a fun character, like not in a good right. way, but y- you just <laughs> you got to have fun with him. And mm-hmm. James Gunn did, and so did Nathan Fillion. Like there was so much anticipation with with his powers and everything, and then there's just two arms floating through the air, and then. Slapping people, and that it, like it was he, funny. He his like face grunts. Yeah, he, he was. That was so funny. Also, so I saw a screenshot from the movie that said, or that in the in the picture, it was um, it was like a picture of his character and from the movie, and it said uh. Like, Vital's critical or something. So, kind of alluding to the fact that he might not be dead. So, I don't know. I'll have to watch the movie again or something like that. I don't know. I'm not putting a lot of stock in that. Because I don't think they'll do anything else with his character. But, I don't know. Just a fun thing to think about. They saved another character at the end. Dude, what if he shows up in the Peacemaker TV show? He wants revenge. Revenge of TDK. Well, that's actually something I didn't like about this movie. I know I'm kind of jumping around from the character thing, but one thing I didn't like about this movie was the the whole aspect of keeping in contact with the team from Amanda's perspective, because the, there's that whole comms thing, and I was like, "What the heck is this? Like, that's not how comms work or anything." But but her usually in comics and like the animated stuff and all that. The way she keeps in uh, uh, track of her team is with vitals. Like, 
like electronically. Like if their vitals yeah. go dead, she instantly knows. And in this movie, um, she didn't know Weasel died until Savant told her. And so then she clipped that Weasel died. And so it's just a very unreliable way of doing that. Yeah. There were, the, I guess that brings up another, some of the plot holes of the movie. How did she not know where Harley Quinn was the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. And why didn't she just kill her? She strayed, she strayed so far off mission. Why didn't Waller kill her? That's the yeah. second and only problem I had with the movie. The rest of it, I thoroughly enjoyed. Oh, I'll, I'll get to my problems with the movie in a little bit. <laughs> but Can't have my, a review favorite... of Tim Duncan without Tim's problems with the movie. <laughs> An extensive list. I uh, My favorite core character, it's got to be uh, Bloodsport. Bloodsport like, did fantastic. His, was fantastic. His armor, his weapons. Yeah. And his his helmet, it was it was so much identical to what his appearance is in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's he was just a cool character, and he was actually one of the only characters that had character development. And it was just really good to see. And the way he connected with Ratcatcher 2, like his daughter, uh, like... That's how he his character progressed. It was just a really good. Um, I, it was he's the best character as far as development. What about you? What were your favorites characters? My favorite character. I enjoyed Ratcatcher too, and Sebastian. Their their relationship was just kind of off the wall. Like I I didn't think about her having a rat friend. Like a constant friend. But my favorite character was hands down King Shark. <laughs> he was just so goofy. Very much a Groot character. Not trying to compare this with Guardians of the Galaxy. But that's kind of where it was aiming for. He also just reminds me a lot of my cat. Bird. And... <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, him swearing, because my cat very often says F you in the form of bites. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad he doesn't actually say it. <laughs> oh, he also bites like King Shark. <laughs> but yeah, King Shark, they did... <sighs> Even though I'm not a big Sylvester Stallone fan, he's my favorite character. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone was great in it. I guess I also liked Harley Quinn. I liked Harley Quinn's character development from that spans across the three movies she's been in. She's not the same character that we saw in the first Suicide Squad movie. She's also not the same character that we saw in Birds of Prey. I en- enjoyed, honestly, her... Um, monologue when she killed the uh presidente when she just comes to the realization that she chooses crappy men i i really like that scene i also kind of hated that scene but that scene was it was very well written for her character and it actually showed character like you were saying throughout all three movies but at the same time like i just hated everything that led up to that when it comes to 
Diego or whatever his name was. Like, that guy was an idiot. <laughs> that guy was an idiot. And I, I don't really know, like, what that had to do with the plot of the movie other than taking Harley Quinn away from the danger on the beach. And um, replacing the guerrilla warfare president. I mean, yeah. I guess that's kind of what he served. Because it wouldn't have really made more made much sense, I guess, if they had just went to the guerrilla um guerrilla warfare um tyrant president and he his family had allies with the american government which i guess also kind of set up why yeah. they were there in the first place anywho but yeah i mean you're perfectly valid in your reasoning but because he was kind of a joke character as well so yeah i what mean about, the plot what about so just kind of shifting uh, gears the plot was really simple I guess. Oh yeah. There's there's a little twist at the end with the how it Starro was being a American project. But even that, like that wasn't explored at all. It was like what were they gonna use no. Starro for? I just it was almost I, I liked it because it was similar to Ostrander comics, uh, in the sense that Task Force X was infiltrating another country. And it was more like black ops um, and run by the government. But at the same time, it was like they just weren't given all the information for the task. And so it just felt like everything was just happening. They were finding out things at the wrong time, which is fine because it's Task Force Ed, so they're going to die anyway. But it was like from a movie perspective, it was like, why are they doing this? Like, I know it's the task, but why does Amanda want them to do this? And it just, I don't know, just felt weird to me. I mean, at least they weren't rescuing her at <laughs> the first movie. <laughs> Your yeah, task is to rescue me. I will say that I am glad that she did not have as much screen time this time, even though I know how important she is to the idea of the Suicide Squad. I'm glad that they kind of booted her out at the end. I think instead of her people knocking her out, I think she should have just changed the task to them defeating Starro. I don't know. It seems much more in character for her to just be like, the star is not your concern. Yeah. I just felt like her the responsibility of uh, her team, like knocking her out and stuff, it just felt weird. Like, it was like... They were giving too much screen time to her the office team. <laughs> and I think that felt uncharacteristic of Amanda. Mm-hmm. Um, might have also been because in the first movie, she killed all of her team. All of them. Um, yeah. So I guess it's time to confess but, our sins, Tim. Speaking of, <laughs> I watched the first Suicide Squad, unfortunately. Yeah. I think following you and I watching it this movie pretty much around the same time. And it, it's I think just so. not a good movie. It this is one's not. definitely better. And, and it's interesting too because this one still had like a, a scene where everyone's drinking and just sharing their troubles and bonding as a team, like the first one. I don't know if James Gunn did that intentionally or not, but uh, I think huh. who knows. 
so there were there were several instances where I thought this movie was very much more in line with James Gunn's style of movie making than Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm very inexperienced when I say that because I haven't actually seen very much of his stuff before Guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, like, there are just several instances where it reminded me or it made me think that it was more of his style from before that. It was just like a, a thought I had. Um, so I might go back and watch some of his earlier movies and stuff. I really enjoyed just they let that Warner Brothers let him have the creative just freedom to do whatever the heck he wanted to do. And I think he did that well. What did you like about, or did you like the uh, aspect of the movie where it was the the pacing? Of, no, not this pacing. Um, the movie was very nonlinear. In the sense that there were things that happened and then it was like eight minutes earlier this happened Mm -hmm. or three minutes earlier or something like that. I did like Uh, that. Or just the aspect of uh, like in in scene, it was like Operation Starfish or something and then Operation Harley or Mm -hmm. Jotunheim and it was in screen those labels. Did you did you like that or not? Oh, I loved like all the scene transitions where things in the scene made out the words like the smoke or the blood in the water or the tops of the buildings. That really made it so much that made it interesting to me. I really enjoyed that. As for nonlinear, I d- I did like that that aspect of it because. I mean, you see if from one perspective, I'm, I'm all about seeing something from a different perspective. And this movie did that well. And I think it would have been awkward had they just switched scenes back and forth and back and forth. So I think it's interesting that this, this story and, and the whole movie was nonlinear at times. Because that's kind of one of Savant's main character traits is he remembers things non-linearly. Oh. I think I remember but that. But he from... died at the very beginning, so <laughs> it couldn't have been, like, things, like, it couldn't have been he remembering things, and then it was explained at the end that this was all his memory. They could have played it like that, they but could've. they didn't, because they killed his, him off. And so, not entirely sure what the intention behind that was. Um, like I, I, I think I agree with you that like it was a fun change of pace and stuff. Um, I don't think there were any times it ruined anything. There were there were a few times it was actually done really well, like when uh, Peacemaker was about to kill um, Ratcatcher Two, and then it's like eight minutes earlier, and then it <laughs> showed um, Bloodsport falling down, which was which awesome, was by the way epic shot, <laughs> epic shot. Yeah, uh, but then it was like him and peacemaker just looked at each other like i felt like that whole sequence was done really well because mm-hmm. it made you feel the suspense that ratcatcher is about to die and you're like nah uh no they've they made ratcatcher such a fun character they're not gonna kill her and then you're like oh my gosh maybe he is and then it changes scenes you're like oh maybe he's not what's gonna happen um so i, I think that part was done really well mm-hmm and, and even at the beginning, I think one of the first times they did it was, uh, um, I think it was after the beach scene, 
when it changed scenes and showed uh, Bloodsport cleaning toilets yeah. uh, in jail. And it had the scene change around the toilet bowl. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Um, speaking of which, speaking of like that scene... One of my favorite aspects of the movie, or another one, because I've got a lot of favorite aspects of the movie, was, or maybe like a subplot, was Bloodsport's rivalry with uh, Peacemaker. And it's from the very beginning, like from the moment those two characters meet. It's like they are at each other's throats. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, them going through the... Um, resistance camp killing taking turns killing um that's yeah. another great scene just ch 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 chopping up that guy on like the massage bed <laughs> but they still had a little bit of humor between them as well like it wasn't that they were just killing for fun or anything like it, it was very much a rivalry between mm -hmm. the two and, and we then only we only see king shark kill one guy during that we don't see rat catcher do anything in that scene. <laughs> and then we see uh, Polka Dot Man destroy the tower, but everything is around Bloodsport and Peacemaker. It's great. <laughs> and I think that really that subplot really carries well through the film to um, that final confrontation between the two. Yeah. Use smaller bullets. Yeah, it was like everything in the movie was leading up to their confrontation. Mm -hmm. We didn't really talk about Polka Dot Man. I thought Polka Dot Man was great. Yeah. David Dostmachian did great. <laughs> yes, he is. Because going into the movie, I expected him to come out as being my favorite character. And don't get me wrong. He did. He was a fantastic. He did a great job. And James Gunn wrote him really well, even though he changed a little bit of the backstory. But that was all to the <laughs> all to the movie's benefit with the the crazy uh, everyone's his mom kind of running joke. Yeah, which was a little freaky, a little cringy, but in the end, it gave me some really good laughs. I think John Cena as Peacemaker was perfect casting. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Like, just him in the awkward costume, like, it, it was pr straight from the comics. But oh, just, yeah. That John Cena's awkward head. acting, like, totally pulled off the over-the-top seriousness, but also, what are you talking about? Part of his character. <laughs> also, Bloodsport, I'm positive, it was written to be Deadshot. Yes. Like, it, they're basically the same character. I mean, Deadshot's definitely more famous. Um, mm -hmm. But the same interaction with his own daughter as uh, as Deadshot. Really, like, same motivations for everything. Uh, Amanda thinking he could be a leader. Everything was the same except his, like, his appearance and his weapons. Yeah. And, it, and there were times I was like, I'm okay with this. Like, there's there's characters in comics that are pretty similar. So, mm -hmm. I was fine with it. It was kind of just fun. So, what I read online was that the original idea was for 
Idris Elba to replace Will Smith as Deadshot. But then James Gunn changed his mind and said, eh, we're going to go with a different character because Will Smith seemed to be one of the best parts of that of the movie. And if he ever wanted to come back, they'd still have that open for him to come back. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. I'd love to see a Deadshot solo movie. Or maybe an HBO TV show. <clears throat> or maybe the uh, the rumored Batman movie with Deathstroke and then mm. Deadshot appearing in it as well. Oh, it'd be so good. I'd be I'd be fine with that too. The the thinker in this movie I hated. Yeah. Nothing not against the Peter best. Cabaldi. He was fine. But they made the thinker like a really weird just creep and <laughs> it wasn't either of the comic book it was like an original no. character. Yeah, but he didn't even use the thinker part of him. No, he didn't. <clears throat> and it was um, like he was like I don't know, I feel like an argument could be made for him being like a rapist. Yeah. Like, what's happening here? With something he said something he said to Ratcatcher like Oh, you'd be surprised by that answer. Oh, she told him that if he didn't shut up, she'd have rats up his uh, rear end. Mm -hmm. And he, would you wouldn't like that, would you? And oh, the answer may surprise you. Just shut up and get in the car. And then some of the stuff that the uh, like this. I don't know if you watched it with the subtitles, but the people with starfish on their face, they were called star-crossed people. <laughs> I didn't notice that, no. I don't know why it made me laugh, but it did. I did. But yet, yeah, like, they made they made a few comments. Um, it was just like, why are you making the thinker like this? And I, I think the intent was behind it was they had to make him overly worse than all the members of the Task Force X. Uh, mm -hmm. But still, it's, it's like, at least give him a better motivation for doing these scenes or something. Yeah. But I didn't like that about the movie. No hate towards Peter Capaldi. I felt like no, there no were... No uh, I mean, I mentioned already... No, Peter Capaldi was good as a really weird guy. I, I mentioned already I didn't like the, uh, like the way Amanda kept track of her people and stuff. But... Even at the beach, there were some of the character deaths that I, I just didn't really like how they died. I was kind of surprised Mongal died on the beach. I really thought they'd use her better. But also, like, it made sense because her in the comics is such a minor character. Mm -hmm. Like, she's, she's the daughter of Mongol. And Mongol's famous, but Mongal's just not. And they already had someone in the main core group of the Task Force X who's centered around strength, like Nanawe. And so it was just, you don't really need two of them. No. Um, and then just her launching herself at a helicopter. Like, it was a kind of humorous death. I didn't I, like how they killed um, Captain Boomerang. Yeah, that's what that was what that I was going to say next. Me. That was unexpected. And I think it was a little unnecessary. Sad death. 
Javel I did enjoy Javelins, especially with Harley Quinn. His like one Carry the Javelin for Carry the Javelin for what? <laughs> that was funny. I I don't know what He was alright to have in the movie. Yeah. But and her using the javelin I thought was fine. Like I would have preferred her using her bat and guns, but it was alright. But I, yeah. I was just like, I don't know why he's here. Oh, <laughs> but that's another thing. Okay, so pretty much every time Harley Quinn is in a movie, she does not have her comic appearance, her mm-hmm. her outfit or whatever. And at the beginning of this one, man, they were so close. And I was like, yes, awesome. And I knew from the trailer she was going to have the red dress and stuff. But I was like, this is this is good. And then the rest of the movie, she was in the red dress. And I was like, come on. Like, this is ridiculous. I like, I just, just have her in her normal costume for <laughs> an entire movie, please. Well, who knows when we're going to get her back. Who knows really where... Probably- I don't know if we will. Yeah, I really don't know if we will. So another character I want to mention that really brought the movie kind of together was Ratcatcher One, played by Taika Waititi. Honestly, yeah. I, I did don't know not. If ex- I liked his wig. No, and I didn't recognize him in the flashbacks. Ooh, I definitely did. I did not. So at that final scene with him sitting with Ratcatcher Two on the top of the building, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Taika Waititi. Go ahead. Uh, Rit Flag? Fan favorite? No. Is that the... Yeah. <laughs> Milton. Rit Milton. Oh. Uh, okay. He's honorary honorary member of the Suicide Squad. Who? No. No. Oh, yeah. Milton. You know, Milton. Who's Milton? Never met him. I don't know who Milton is. <laughs> um, so there has been the internet has shown a comparison between Starro and Kane. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, <laughs> but in Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, there was one time one was of the it? bad guys used like a little robot thing and put it over someone's face. And it was in the shape like it had like five legs, like a star. But all it did in that movie was, like, show his memories of, like, where... I think there was one of the mother boxes were or something like that. And so it was used very differently. But a lot of people are saying that it was just... Zat Snyder was uh, influenced by Starro when he had that idea. I don't think he's confirmed that or anything. But, I mean, he used it completely different. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if it's the same thing or not. There was also a uh, a cameo... By Palm Clementife. Uh-huh. Clementif. Clementine. Orange. I don't know how you say her last name. The chick with the antenna from Guardians. Oh. <laughs> the she was in uh, one of the dance Gentleman's scenes Club. as just a dancer. Sorry, Thinker, you're a creep. <laughs> but overall, like I, I liked it. Um, there's definitely a lot of blood and language. But it was a fun movie. I don't know if the Peacemaker TV show will be fun or not. We'll see.
As long as we get to see John Cena in the short shorts again, I'm fine. Yeah. Just rocking the dad uh, look. So, so out of spinoffs, um, there is that coming next year, I think. I think it's next year. I think it's done shooting. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of stuff releasing next year. And then also next year, there's the Suicide Squad game, which I th- think is featuring Harley Quinn, Deadshot, maybe King Shark. It does have King Shark, and it's got Captain Boomerang in it as well. Oh, yeah. But that's not... No no relation to any of these movies. But it's a spinoff, I guess. I mean, I'm more willing to play and it then, now. Yeah. Like, based on uh, the first then, movie? No. And then the... I don't think there's... I don't think we're going to see any of these characters anytime soon besides Peacemaker. Unless maybe allusions to where we'll see Weasel and Rit Flag again, based on how this movie ended. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, we don't know. I mean, I'd love for Weasel to come back in Peacemaker. It'd be a bizarre little twist, but... I mean, who even knows? Well, especially since Peacemaker's based before this movie. Maybe, I don't know. Or was that just a cover-up to, you know, tell us that, oh, he's he died. He's dead. But now he's not. No, Peacemaker's dead. No, he's not. You didn't watch the end Did credit the, scene? Wasn't that for uh, Rit Flag? No, that was Peacemaker. Oh, I'll have to watch that again. Yeah, it was Peacemaker. Oh. Because there's not... Huh, I'm going to have to watch that again. Oops. I mean, because there's not really much recovering from that stab to the heart. But if it just nicked Peacemaker on the neck, that's easily, not easily repairable, but it is repairable. A stab to the heart, nah, he's dead. (laughs) This was, I will say on the topic of Rick Flagg, this was a redemption for him, I think, after the first Suicide Squad. But I wasn't really sure what they were going to do with him because he was the like love interest of the suicides the first suicide squad's villain yeah also him and harley definitely should have been mad at amanda waller for putting them in the expendable distraction group not a huge fan of that part no it was fun to watch her wield a bazooka though but all in all what what rating would you give it tim i would say Eight Miltons. <laughs> I'd give it ten Staros. Oh, we forgot to. Oh, I forgot to talk about Spencer's stuff, but I think we kind of mentioned it too. Spencer sent me his his stuff. Oh. He wanted to be included. Let me pull it up real quick. Here's Spencer's thoughts. Amazing cinematography. The music was great. Speaking of music. I knew I was going to love this movie from the very... This is me personally, not Spencer. I knew that I was going to love the movie from the very beginning because it started out with Johnny Cash of Folsom Prison Blues. I thought that was a great music choice. And also, I'm a big Johnny Cash fan, which is weird because I don't like country music. He also wanted to point out Pib Extra from TDK, Tim. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... 
He said, if you're if you've come for the DC Guardians of the Galaxy, you're in the wrong movie. We already mentioned mentioned Harley. He loved King Shark. That was his favorite. And Polka Dot Man and Everyone's His Mom was a great gag. He think he said that Starro was a very bold move. But awesome. Uh it was definitely an interesting take because it's definitely not something geared for Task Force X. Right, no, that's like um, a also, Justice League level threat or an Avengers level threat. Oh wait. <laughs> it was uh it the Starro first appeared in a Avengers comic and mind controlled some of them. And so like it's a it's definitely a big threat. Mm-hmm. It was I don't know if I liked the way it was defeated. No. They defeated it in a very that, Suicide Squad way. That was the part that I did not... The minute that I did not like was with... Spoiler alert here. Although if you're still here, you've already been spoiled. The, I did not like them jumping into the eye. That was disgusting. That almost made me throw up. <laughs> I really wanted to vomit. I was dry heaving over here and my cat was like what the heck is wrong with you but yeah i did not like that um things spencer didn't like so gory he was glad he didn't see it in the theater because of how gory it was he also didn't think it was as funny as he thought it would be i thought it was hilarious i thought it was i may be making a bold move here but i thought it was funnier than guardians of the galaxy just because he had more free reign to make vulgar jokes. Like King Shark dropping the F-bomb after being told he couldn't wear a fake mustache. Absolute genius. <laughs> he did not like the de- the who all they chose to kill, i.e. Rake Flag and Captain Boomerang. Uh, he was let down by um, Peacemaker. And he says most of his best moments were in the trailers. But I'd argue probably not. Him making crude hand gestures to Bloodsport. That whole scene. Uh, when they're destroying the camp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not going to go into detail there. but uh... See, I only remember watching the trailers like maybe twice. And then I... I think I did like one when we did our prediction slash theory vid, uh, episode on this movie, but I tried not to watch the trailers very much because I already knew I kind of was inter- interested in watching this movie, so kind of wanted to go in blind. Speaking of trail of the that episode, I think we I I re-listened to that episode um, yesterday, and we were pretty spot on for all the deaths. Yeah, there were a few differences, um, but all in all, I think we're yeah we were pretty pretty close. There was there was something that you said that was so much so close to what was in the movie. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> at at the moment, I don't remember what it is. Spencer to Spencer's final thoughts was he he gave it a seven point five transforming blood sport bits out of ten really long pistols. Um, and he may have had, he said he may have had too high expectations, but he did have a lot of fun. 
So I think that's what it really boils down to for me was it was a lot of fun. It was refreshing after a kind of a long day of work. And it really just prepped me for because I watched it on Thursday night. Prepped me for another hard day of work. I went into the next day lighthearted. As funny as that sounds for a bloody movie, but I was just in good spirits. <laughs> just, I felt good. It sounds bad, but I felt good after watching the movie. It was just refreshing. Yeah. This comes from me, Cole, and Spencer, um, but we hope you guys watch it. Not Don't just take our review for it. Um, watch it and make up your own opinion of it. Again, it's a lot of blood um, and a lot of language, but despite that, it is it does have a lot of funny parts in it. Just a, it, it, it is a fun movie, but go in with the expectation of blood and language if that bothers you. But again, watch it for yourself. Or if you just like hearing me, Cole, or Spencer talk about stuff, continue to um, pay attention to our podcast. And thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys.